0: I'm Carolyn
1: and I'm Tiffany and you're listening to another episode of
0: the Disney download
1: here at the Disney download we'll be discussing the latest Disneyland news along with sharing park tips and tricks
0: plus we'll be sharing our opinions on everything in the Disney universe so
1: get ready to have some fun Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Disney Download. We are now in the middle of our Marvel rewatch and you guys are listening to the Iron Man episode. So we're excited to get into it. Carolyn, do you want to jump into the comic origins of Iron Man?
0: Yes, so excited about this. So Iron Man is a wealthy American business um, magnate, uh, playboy, and ingenious scientist um, known as Anthony Edward edward tony stark who suffers a severe chest injury during a kidnapping um when his kidnappers attempt to force him to build a weapon of mass destruction he creates a mechan mechan oh my gosh i can't talk today i'm so sorry guys a mechanized suit of armor to save his life and escape captivity Uh, Later, Stark develops his suit, adding weapons and other technological devices he designed uh, through his company, Stark Industries. He then uses the suit and successive versions of the suit to protect the world as Iron Man. Although first concealing his true identity, Stark does eventually reveal to the public that he himself is indeed Iron Man.
1: Well... Initially, Iron Man was a vehicle for Stan Lee to explore Cold War themes, um, particularly the role of American technology and industry in the fight against communism. Subsequent reimaginings of Iron Man have transitioned from Cold War motifs to more
0: contemporary matters of the time. Moving on to the development of Iron Man, which <clears throat> is actually a rather long development process. Um, a film featuring the character was in, developed by, was in development by Universal Pictures, 21st Century Fox, and New Line Cinema at various points in time um, since 1990. So very long time ago. Not really that long, but it feels like it. Um, before Marvel Studios re- reacquired the rights in 2006 um marvel then put the project into production as its first self-financed film uh with paramount pictures distributing the film uh john Favreau was signed on to direct in april of 2006 and faced opposition from marvel when trying to cast robert downey jr for the title role the actor was eventually signed in september of 2006 and filming took place from march to june 2007 primarily in california um and and to differentiate from numerous other superheroes that were set in New York, i.e. Spider-Man, X-Men, things like that. Before filming, the actors were free to create their own dialogue um, because pre-production was focused on the story and action. Um, Rubber and metal versions of the armor and suits were created by Stan Winston's company and were mixed with computer generated imagery to create the title character.
1: Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Um, so some fun facts about this movie. The first one is that Nicholas Page and Tom Cruise both expressed interest in playing Iron Man. I don't know how, how I feel about that.
0: How weird would those have been? Super Right? Uh, I can't picture Nicholas Cage as Iron Man. No. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, that would be... I, I don't know about that. Um, Tom Cruise, I feel like, kind of has the look, but I don't like Tom Cruise. Yeah. Personally, he's just not my favorite actor, so I don't really think I would have liked that.
1: Yeah, I don't think so either. So, my next fun fact is that a majority of the film's dialogue was actually improv The now-famous, quote, I am Iron Man from the end is actually the most notable improv line from the movie.
0: So crazy. It's
1: pretty interesting.
0: I was actually yeah. thinking last night, I'm like, how different would the movie have, I don't know what the original line was, but like how different would the cinematic universe be now if he hadn't said that food for thought. Yeah. That's like a big like butterfly effect kind of thing. Like if he hadn't have said that, no one would know. Right. And like, how would that affect the story of the cinematic universe, like moving forward? Yeah. Things to ponder. Interesting. Yeah, right? So crazy. Um, the next fun
1: fact I have is due to the budget of Iron Man, they had to get creative and combine practical and visual effects in one. So, 800 shots mm-hmm. out of Iron Man's 1,800 cuts were visual effects compared to the now films that are roughly 3,100 shots out of 3,200 cuts. Hmm.
0: That's Isn't interesting. Isn't that crazy? Like Yeah. Like, you think, like, now there's really only a hundred shots in a Marvel film that aren't somehow edited by visual effects. But in Iron Man, it was, like, a thousand. Like, what? That's That's just crazy. Right? I thought that was so interesting. Huh. Um, The next fun fact is that
1: Howard Hughes was a model for the creators when they were thinking about Tony Stark and his associations to flight and aviation.
0: hmm Hmm. all the fun things I learned from the special features
1: yeah and then the last fun fact is that it was really important to the filmmakers to show Tony as a builder and not just an idea man so uh, they obviously show him building things throughout the movie
0: yeah very hands-on which I thought was really really cool
1: I love that about him because he's not just like the science guy. Like he actually gets his Mm -hmm, hands in there and is doing it. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Love it. Cool. So we're going to take a quick little break and we'll be back in just a second with some movie fun facts and obviously a
0: recap of the film. Welcome back everyone from our break. So I'm going to start this like we always do before we jump into the movie summary with the movie facts. So Iron Man was released on May 2nd of 2008. Um, The film is actually set two years after the release date um, in 2010. This was part of phase one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and there were no films before this that tie into this. Iron Man was the first. He is the father of the mcu and this film is set before the incredible hulk which is like the redheaded stepchild of the marvel cinematic universe but we're gonna watch (laughs) it anyways um so yeah those are our movie facts um and tiff do we want to get started on telling us the story of iron man yeah, so I'll get
1: started. Tony Stark, who's the hero of our story, he's inherited the defense contractor Stark Industries from his father Howard Stark, and he is a war um, or he is in war torn Afghanistan with his friend and military liaison Lieutenant Colonial James Rhodes to demonstrate his new Jericho missile. After that demonstration, the convoy is ambushed and Stark is critically wounded by a missile that is used by his attackers, which is uh, one of his company's own missiles. He is then captured and imprisoned in a cave by a terrorist group called the Ten Rigs. Yinsen, who is a fellow captive doctor, implants an electromagnetic thing into Stark's chest to keep the knell shards that wounded him from actually reaching his heart and killing him. Tenrig's leader, Raza, offers Stark freedom in exchange for building a Jericho missile for the group,
0: but he and Yinsen know that Raza will not end up keeping his word. So Stark and Yinsen secretly begin to build a small, powerful electric generator called an arc reactor to power Stark's electromagnetic and prototype suit um, of powered armor that will aid in in their escape. Although they keep this suit hidden almost uh, until completion, the Ten Rings discover their hostages' intention and attack their workshop. Uh, Yin Sen sacrifices himself to divert them while the suit fully charges. Um, then the armored Stark battles his way out of the cave and finds the dying Yin Sen. He then burns the Ten Rings weapons in anger and flies away, crashing into the desert and destroying his first suit, the Mark I. After being rescued by uh, Rhodey, Stark returns home and announces that his company will cease to manufacture weapons, which is their primary source of business. Um, Obadiah Stane, who is his father's old partner and the company's manager, advises Stark that that may ruin Stark Industries as well as his father's legacy um after this in his home workshop stark begins to build a sleeker more powerful version of his improved Im- his improvised armor suit as well as a more powerful arc reactor for it and his chest um so that is the mark ii his personal assistant pepper pots then replaces the original arc reactor from his chest in a small glass showcase box that says proof tony stark has a heart um and even though Oh, hold on. Though uh, Obadiah Stane requests details of um, what Stark is working on, uh, Tony is suspicious and decides to keep this work to himself.
1: So later on, at a charity event held by Stark Industries, reporter Christine Everhart informs Stark that his company's weapons were recently delivered to Ten Rings, and they're being used to attack Yinsen's home village. Gome- i think i said that right um stark then dons his new armor and he flies back to afghanistan where he saves all the villagers and then while he's flying home stark is attacked by two fighter jets then he reveals his secret identity to rhodi over the phone in an attempt to end the attack and then meanwhile the ten rigs gather the pieces of stark's prototype suit and they meet with stain who's been trafficking arms to criminals worldwide and he staged a coup to replace stark as stark industries ceo by hiring the ten to kill him he then subdues raza and has the rest of the group killed stain has a massive suit made and he reverse engineers from the wreckage that is found and then, seeing to track his company's illegal shipment, Stark sends Potts to hack into the database. She then discovers that Stane hired the Ten Rigs to kill Stark in the first place, but the group um, re or er, renegade re- reneged reneged <laughs> <laughs> um, when they realized that they had a direct route to Stark's weapons. Potts meets with agent phil colson of shield which is an intelligence agency to inform him of stain's activities and tell him what's going on
0: so Stain's scientists can't duplicate uh tony's uh, miniaturized arc reactor so stain then ambushes tony at his home and takes the one that is currently in his chest Um, Tony manages to get his original arc reactor to replace it. Um, At this point, Pepper and several S.H.I.E.L.D. agents are attempting to arrest Stain, um, but he has donned his new suit, which is the Ironmonger, and attacks them. Um, Stark then fights Stain, but is outmatched without his new arc reactor to run his suit at full capacity. So the fight carries them over top of the Stark Industries building, um, where Tony instructs Pepper to overload a large arc reactor powering the building. This unleashes a, massacral, a massacral, massive electrical surge that causes Stane and his armor to fall into the exploding arc reactor and kills him. Uh, the next day, they are holding a press conference where Tony defies the suggestions of pretty much everyone and publicly admits that he is Iron Man mm, so
1: then we also have our post credit scene, so in the post credit scene, shield director Nick Fury visits Stark at his home and tells him that Iron Man is not the only superhero in the world and explains that he wants to discuss an Avenger initiative right off the bat from movie number one.
0: <laughs> I love it, like, and I think it's one of the things that i love I love about watching Captain America and Captain Marvel first is like. Uh, you just know you, you like know it's coming, and then this happens. And uh, I didn't, I, I didn't watch Iron Man originally in the theaters, but I couldn't. I can't imagine if you were a comic book fan and like you like Nick Fury shows up in this like post credit scene. You remember this is the first post credit scene. Like post credit scenes really weren't a thing. I think until Marvel Studios did this. Um, yeah, and now it, it's like we all sit there and wait for them. So like. Uh, I just can't imagine how cool it was to see this movie when it first came out.
1: It's so funny because um, we've been taking my husband's little brother. He's nine. We've been taking him to see all the Marvel movies, like, his entire childhood. And so now every time we go to any movie, he's like, so uh,
0: what's the post-credit scene? And we're like, that's just <laughs> Marvel movies. It's not, like, every movie. Well, now some Disney movies have been doing it recently, yeah. too. Um But yeah, like, it's just, it's so crazy. And some of the Marvel movies, I think Guardians has the most post credit and mid credit scenes. I think they have five in volume two. Um, But typically, it's just two, they started out with one, James Gunn just got ambitious um, for that one. Um, But yeah, it's just so cool the first post-credit scene maybe not ever but it just it it really wasn't a thing until this and I think I think people you know the like if you knew you knew and you like stayed and then obviously started getting out that it was a thing um but yeah moving on to our section of things that fit into the larger MCU story obviously the Avengers and S.H.I.E.L.D. Nick Fury comes right out and says it like there's a bigger a bigger idea to all of this and you're a part of it and that actually will lead into i think the incredible hulk uh post credit scene too so it's like they were very intentionally setting up the avengers and introducing shield um and obviously if you're watching captain marvel before this um you get a bigger kind of explanation of shield um but that very scene at the end with uh Colson and Pepper where he's like, just call a shield. Like like I think that was a very big deal when this movie first came out. Cause obviously it's the first. Yeah.
1: It's like clear that they knew what they were gonna I mean, they did know what they were gonna make multiple movies, but they left it open for Yeah, but they like,
0: they really they really didn't. And I think they just they're like, Well, we can plant all of these threads and if we get more movies, like we can then like see where they go. But like, they didn't. Then that that was the interesting thing about watching a lot of the special features. Like they were like, we don't know if this is gonna be a success. Like this could like be really great or it could fail. Because uh, Fabro even said that Marvel Studios doesn't test their films because they're so secretive. Like they don't let anyone see it. Like they don't do you know how they'll have those like screenings where they test them in front of audiences like I guess Marvel Studios doesn't do doesn't do that Um, and so he's like we just had no idea like but I love that they like left so many things just like on the table that they could work with
1: yeah that's really interesting Mm -hmm. Um, the next little thing that we have that fits into the larger MCU story is the um, introduction of Ten Rings and the Mandarin
0: Mandarin yes i mean we're gonna see that um later i think it's in iron man three they kind of come back up and then in phase four shang chi and the ten rings so we're definitely gonna see these ten ring fellows again and possibly the real mandarin because i guess the mandarin and iron man three was not the real one i like actually don't remember
1: these two groups showing up again so i'll have to pay cl- like better attention um maybe I just like went over my head in the other movies or it comes up, I guess. I'm just I mean, like, it's a pretty oh, big. Part of, it's a
0: pretty big part of Iron Man Three.
1: Yeah, Iron Man Three, I don't really remember what happens in that movie. So <laughs> we'll see.
0: I'm gonna I guess be paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> be paying way more attention this time. Um but obviously we don't really know how they fit into Shang Chi. Um but they they're going to be a pretty big part of that, I would think, since it's part of the movie title. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. Another thing is is Stark technology and weapons being used by terrorists. So obviously, we're seeing that in this film. It comes up again in Age of Ultron, and Stark Tech is literally the I think the cornerstone of so many things like Tony like just upgrades the Avengers like no other when they get their suits um and obviously Tony's tech like every movie has a different version of the mark I think they get up to like mark 85 in Endgame um but like every version of the suit just keeps getting like upgraded so that's always a fun piece of every film to see how Tony and his suits progress well and
1: even seeing like Stark Tech in Captain America, which is like mm-hmm. where technically the story is like chronologically beginning.
0: It's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. From Howard to Tony to see how it all like grows. Yeah. It's so cool. Um the last
1: little piece we have is um that they recasted Terrence Howard moving forward
0: to the next couple of movies. Yeah, so you notice after this one, uh, James Rhodes, a.k.a. Rhodey, looks a little different. Uh, Terrence Howard was recast by Don Cheadle. I personally like Don Cheadle better um, than Terrence Howard, so I don't mind this switch. Um, But I think it might have been interesting to see how the character would have been different had that recasting not happened. Yeah, I don't think that
1: Will has a ton of recasting which I appreciate because I like when things stay consistent. (laughs) So um, I think it's interesting that this is like one of the very few ones they have.
0: Yeah. And you'll notice that they happened very, very early on in the process, like kind of after these first few films, like people really don't get recast, like they stay the same. And I, I think maybe because they were still so new with like Iron Man and the incredible Hulk, um, that obviously as they kind of went along, they like figured things out better because, yeah. you know, they had more experience and like with this one, it's like, well, we don't know if it's really going to work. So maybe when they realized they were going to have an Iron Man 2, it then became, you know, I don't know how actor contracts work. And, you know, maybe they only signed him on for one film and he didn't want to come back. Um, you know, I've heard like, there might've been like, you know, pay issues because it's like well maybe for the second film they didn't want to pay him as much so maybe that's why he got recast Um, you know who really knows um, what the logistics of it actually are but um, yeah I like Don Cheadle better though. yeah
1: Um, so we're (laughs) gonna kind of go over some of the movie easter eggs that appear throughout the movie Um, so the first one we have is that one of the jets that's seen in the film has the call sign whiplash who is the villain in Iron Man 2? That's interesting. I didn't pay attention to Iron Man 2 and 3. They all kind of blend together for me. So,
0: <laughs> it'll be interesting to see. So, you're excited to rewatch them and then talk about it all. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like watching it for the first time. I
1: think those ones I was just like, I don't really care about these ones.
0: <laughs> but I love that. So, we'll act we'll get your very, I mean, we're always just honest about our opinion. Um, but you'll have, like, kind of like first time fresh eyes yeah. on it since you will not remember a lot of things. <laughs> um, this one, I actually noticed uh, watching the film, this next uh, fun little Easter egg, um, because I heard on another podcast I listened to them talking about Roxxon and the possibility of it being in phase four. Um, but in the background of the final battle, the Roxxon Corp building can be seen. So you can see the logo. And Roxanne is actually very heavily involved in many of the comic book storylines that involve Iron Man and the Avengers, um, a lot of the characters, um, including the death of Tony's parents. Obviously, that's not the case in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but they could be a very big player in phase four, potentially.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Um, the last little Easter egg we have is that in a scene where Stark is reading a newspaper with an amateur photo of Iron Man on the front, that image was actually grabbed from a video taken by a member of the public that was uploaded online prior
0: to the film's release. Interesting. (laughs) Right. That's so funny. I like that one. That's kind of cool. Right. So now we get to our thoughts. Well, Tiff, what did you like about this
1: movie? I was telling Carolyn before we recorded, I forgot how much I actually like this movie. Like, I was telling my husband, uh, oh, do you want to watch Iron Man with me? I don't really want, I'm, like, not excited to watch this one. And then I was like, oh, wait, I love this movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I don't I- like Iron Man 2 and 3, obviously. I didn't pay attention enough. But I, like, was just kind of associating all three, but I realized that I love how funny Tony Stark is. And I was like, Oh, he's Mm -hmm. such a douchebag, but actually like, he's just funny and misunderstood. And you learn to love him.
0: He just says it like it is, you know, he's just very honest. He's just, he's just so sassy. Um, Yeah. I always forget how much I like Iron Man until I watch Iron Man. And I think I think I don't end up watching it as often because I really love the films that have more of like all of the characters Mm -hmm. in them when I think about watching them. And so if I'm like, oh I'm gonna watch a Marvel movie, I always like default to like Infinity War or Endgame or Civil War where it's like they're all in it together and I like I just love that aspect of the films. Um but yeah, I just always forget how much I like it and one of the things that I just really love about this film is the integration of like practical effects with, um, the visual effects. And obviously like kind of like knowing a little bit more of the history, like this time we're watching it. Um, you can be like, Oh, like that's actually a guy in a suit. Like they built that suit. And I was watching some of the special features where they talk about building the suits and, um, like, how actually, like, practical they did things on set, and I was like, oh, that's, like, so cool, and I know they still, like, do that, but obviously there's, you know, times where it's, like, like you can't make Black Panther's suit do everything practically that it needs to do, so obviously they rely on CGI, but just the fact that they did so much of that, and obviously the humor is great, I always love the casting, I always forget that people are in Marvel films until I rewatch them, like, Jeff Bridges is just such a good villain, I just a great actor like you know all of it
1: yeah another thing I like too is the timeline of where everything is like it's in a little bit more of current for that time the current times um whereas like when we watched Captain America that was way back in the day and so I can kind of see oh I I remember some of the culture of that time period Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of, cool, And like, you know, the current, the events that were going on during that time, like the war and everything.
0: Yeah. And I like, I also think it's cool. I mean, that it's set on like the West coast. I love Mm -hmm. that Marvel does that in their films. Like obviously you have films that, you know, are set in New York and they're set here and they're set like, they're like based all over the place. And um, I just love that. I, I feel like it, like, their their characters come from all different places. Um, and I like that they don't just stick to one spot. So I love that this one's, like, in California. Which is always fun. Because I'm always like, oh, I know where that is. I've seen that. Oh, that's so cool. Um, but yeah, lots of things to like about this. I think, like, the chemistry of the cast is great. Like, they all, like, work, obviously, really well together. if They're, like, improvising all, a, like, a good chunk of these lines. Um and God, there's just so many like funny bits, like with him and his like workshop. I just, it's so good. Um, was there anything that you like disliked about the movie, Tiff? Um, hmm, I don't really think there was much that I
1: disliked. No, I like. I thought that the um, effects and everything were a lot better than, like, comparing to Captain America. <laughs> I liked this a little bit more. <laughs> um. I mean, I don't love that he's a womanizer, but um, he grows from that. So, you know, <laughs> it gets
0: better. It's part, it's part of the yeah. arc. Yeah, you can definitely tell that this was, like, pre-Disney and it was a little edgier. But I thought that, like, um, can I just
1: say for a second that the sex scene, like, made me laugh. Because I was like, <laughs> ew! <laughs> like, it wasn't even, like, sexy. Which is actually... I don't know. Like, it was a little less awkward to me because I was like, this is just so dumb. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, you can yeah. say that. Um, yeah, so you notice this is pre-Disney, so you had a little bit um, uh, more of that. I feel like the Guardians now are kind of the ones that have, like, the more, uh, the, word, the word I'm looking for is risque humor or risqueness. Mm-hmm. like, these... Early Marvel films, I think, have a little bit more of that, and then you know, as it transitioned to Disney, obviously, um, you're not including like you know those type of things it's more implied if things mm-hmm. happen. Um, yeah, the yeah, that's always just like a weird one. Um, what was I? Or oh, or on dislikes. Um, I don't really love Rhodey in this film. I'd like, he's kind of the one where I was like, eh, I don't, don't, it's, that just doesn't vibe with me. Um, yeah, because I feel like his
1: character is a I lot don't. more like, oh, you need to follow the rules. Like, I don't know. He seems like he's going to tell on him. <laughs> like,
0: it's just weird. Yeah, and I mean, he is still kind of like that, I feel like, from what I remember of Iron Man um, 2 and 3. Like, he is still more like by the book. Um but I don't know maybe it's just like I've never I don't I've never really seen anything else with Terrence Howard in it Um, so I don't know if it's just his acting style that I don't really like Um, but personally I just like it was fine like that was really the only part like usually when his scenes came on I was like meh okay like whatever Um. I mean he does I think my probably my favorite part with him is when uh he first tells Roadie that it was him and he's like, Well just tell him what yeah. you need to tell him. It's a training exercise and then then like it cuts to like in a routine training exercise. Yes, that, that part was oh, my favorite too. Oh, he's like, It's not that simple. <laughs> okay, in a training exercise. It's like <laughs> right. <laughs> just tell him what you always tell him. Um yeah and obviously like for i think the budget they had and the things that they like did with this film i think it was so great um kind of like we talked about in the last episode i just really love like when like iron man is on the screen you get that like heavy like metal like sound and it's like you know that is like iron man's like like song like i just think that it, i just love that part of it um Did you have any other thoughts on things like that, Tiff?
1: Um, Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I already mentioned the CGI I just really liked in this movie. I felt like it wasn't as fake. I don't know. It was really good for the time. Um, Even though it is really fake because this Iron Man suit and everything. But I don't know. I thought it was good
0: so good um did you have any favorite scenes outside of the one that you just said you really love yes so I really
1: just love him and Jensen together and I almost wish he would have lived so that we could have seen him in other movies um but I love like I don't know it was really sad when he was dying and he said Okay, like this is your chance. Don't waste your life. And I'm just thinking to what happens in Endgame. And I'm like, he doesn't waste his life. He lived a good life.
0: <laughs> oh, I know. There were so many. There was a couple parts where things happen, like when uh, she, the the when she gave him the proof. Tony Stark mm-hmm. has a heart. Like, oh, I got like emotional then. And then it's like there's something else. Something else he said. And then at the end, obviously, when he's like. I am Iron Man, like I got like I'm, like emotional and I'm like, oh, because this is actually this is the first time I've watched Iron Man since seeing Endgame. Um it's actually the first time since I think yeah, I I don't really think I've rewatched many of these since I've seen Endgame. Um, I think maybe Captain Marvel I did, but like kind of seeing it through that lens too like you get emotional at weird parts like I'm, it was so weird yes
1: yeah I'm like that probably wouldn't have made me as sad if I didn't know it was gonna happen and also my other favorite scene is when he's like I am Iron Man because he was just like fully prepared
0: to not do that and then he's like Hat, no so good um yeah, I some of my favorite scenes are when he's like testing the Iron mm-hmm. Man suit in his lab with all of his robots. Like, oh, his robots just make me laugh. Like, you if you douse me, like what when I'm not on fire? Like, you go into the scrap yard. Like, <laughs> just because like I feel like that would be me. Like, I'd be in like a laboratory talking to my inanimate <laughs> robots, like having full-on conversations with them. I just I I love that so much. Um Oh, I forgot. We have Jarvis. Jarvis is in this. Um, He's such a big part of the MCU. Um, I also, one of the other things that I really just love in general about this film is, like, the slow build with Tony and Pepper. And, like, you can obviously tell that they have, like, such a rapport. But, like, you said, like, Tony's, like, this womanizer. But then he kind of goes through this. And it's, like, you can kind of see him, like making the shift and being like oh well maybe Pepper and then but like she doesn't always like go for it and and they have like the tension um, but like nothing really happens for like a few films I think in Iron Man 2 maybe they're together um, but I just love that they didn't feel like they had to like force it into being a thing like they just like it it always felt like a natural progression um, with them yeah I love them together and I love the part at the end where he's like, so that moment, she's like, oh, the one where, you know, we danced and then you left me on a roof. <laughs> that one makes me laugh so much. Yeah, I don't know why I always had this, <laughs> Cause like. Because like, he's, like, trying to be so cute. She's like, oh, and then you left me on a roof. Yeah, I know. I don't know why I always thought that, like, <laughs> I pictured
1: Pepper as more of, like, a submissive type of, like. Just do whatever you want, woman. But she's really not. I don't know why I pictured her that way. But I think it's just because her initial job is as assistant. And then, but she has all these like, I don't know, like snarky comments. And I'm like, yeah, you get him, Pepper.
0: <laughs> you know what's up. Oh, and her comment about taking out the trash when the girl's yes. there the next morning. She's like, occasionally taking out the trash, I'm like, whoo, girl. Yes. <laughs> she yeah and like her arc is like really good and like for some reason it's like I know she's played by Gwyneth Paltrow but I always forget it's Gwyneth Paltrow like that is Pepper Potts like I don't know maybe it's the wig I don't know she's just not Gwyneth Paltrow when she's playing Pepper Potts yes
1: so that will kind of lead into our next section but first
0: where would you put this movie on your list this one just again it's like it's probably it's not in the top 10 I don't think but it's probably in the top 15 it always ends up kind of in like the middle but it's just because there's ones that I just really love more and it's not that because I don't like this one I know it's definitely above the other two Iron Man films um but yeah, it just always ends up kind of falling in the middle because I love the other ones more, you know? Yep, I'm the exact same
1: way. Like, I obviously love it better than the other Iron Mans because I don't remember the other Iron Mans, but um, yeah, it's not in my top, but I like it more than uh,
0: Captain America. Sorry, <gasps> Cap. You do? <did> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Cap is always the first Avengers above this one for me. Um Maybe it's because, I I just, I don't know, Like we talked about it. I just really love the first Avenger. It always makes me laugh. And this one makes me laugh, but it's not the same kind of laugh. And like, so yeah. I think this one's funnier. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why we have 22 films, so everyone can have their own favorite. It's not that, like, because this one is funny, but I don't know what it is about Captain America, the first Avenger, that I just just tickles my funny bone in a certain way and I don't know why that is because I love Tony Stark and I love his humor yeah that's probably because Chris Evans isn't (laughs) in this one probably (laughs) Uh, well we'll talk about him more in the coming weeks um but moving on our marvelous woman of the week this week is Pepper Potts so Tiff do you want to tell us a little bit about her Yeah, so
1: um, like Carolyn said, our marvelous woman is Pepper Potts, and she got her start at Stark International, which was then Stark Industries, as a secretary. And then she became known by her affectionate nickname, Pepper, because she has which I didn't know. Um, but while doing her job, she fixed an accounting mistake made by Tony, um, who is the CEO of Stark International, and this came to his attention, and then Stark promoted Pepper to executive assistant because she was doing a great job. And then she would soon prove herself as an invaluable asset to him numerous times and would display a business acumen and instincts to rival his own. So often she would run his affairs in the business, and whenever Stark wasn't available, which I love about her shows she's a hard work working businesswoman.
0: She is. So this is actually pretty similar to her arc in um, Iron Man, but in the movies, she does eventually become CEO of Stark Industries, um, which I love. And I love that they kind of like show that arc of Pepper from being, you know, Tony's executive assistant. And then him being like, well, the company is yours. And she's like, I don't know how to do this. But like, even though she's like, I don't know how to do this, she still like does it. And then she like runs the company like well um and obviously she like you know falls in love with Tony and then they have their sweet little baby Morgan in the films um but yeah so it's it's a fairly similar arc but I do I do really love Pepper she is in in this Iron Man film like towards the end she does get a little bit like "Eh," like I don't know how to do this but like she eventually steps up her game.
1: Yes. I think that was the thing that I was kind of like, meh, because he was like, I need you to go inside and do this thing. And she's like, oh, uh, okay, okay. But I mean, any of us in that situation would have been, like, scared too. so
0: <laughs> I can't really say anything. Be- I all mean, would have been like, you want me to go inside and blow it up? Are you crazy? Exactly. She's <laughs> just like, what? Oh, uh, Okay. I guess so, and I mean, then obviously at the end of Endgame, she shows up um, as in in her own Iron Man suit um, and helps them fight Thanos, so, you know, she obviously grows out of those fears that she has. Yes, I love watching her evolve throughout all of the movies. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that I love about these, like, early films is... We like get to see them over the course of, they're obviously not in all 22 films, but they do. They pop in from time to time. Like she pops in and Spider-Man Homecoming and, you know, they're like, there's this through line where you can really see them like grow as characters. And I'm really excited to see that obviously. in
1: Yeah. Films. You made me want to just jump to Homecoming, which I'm not going to do,
0: but I really want to watch it <laughs> I mean, you can watch it. You'll just have to watch no, it No, because <laughs> I don't want to watch it again <laughs> after. <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> you only want to watch it
1: once. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in such a short time. <laughs> well,
0: Oh, yeah, I get that. I mean, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. We still have a while, but we'll get yeah. there. Yeah, we'll-, we'll get there. We'll talk about Spider-Man when we get there. Don't
1: worry. Yes. Cool. Well, that concludes Iron Man. Next week is Incredible Hulk, which, like Carolyn said, is the redheaded stepchild of
0: the MCU. But we're going to watch it. i've I've never seen it before. So actually, this will be good so yeah you've never seen this one I have watched this film twice because I have rewatched the cinematic universe twice in its entirety um, so I'm I'm actually real excited to hear what Tiff thinks about this one um, this might actually be the first film where you'll hear some heavy dislikes um, yeah from- that's why I haven't watched it because everyone says nah, you don't need to watch
1: it and I'm like okay I don't want to <laughs> but here we go <laughs> <laughs> but you're gonna <laughs> Yeah, so that'll be interesting. Stay tuned and we will be sharing that with you all.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Disney Download. If you want to stay up to date on all of the park happenings, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Download.
1: And if you love The Disney Download, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and be sure to leave us a review.
0: We hope you have a magical day and we'll see you next week for another episode of The Disney Download.